All righty, here we go. Creekcast preview. David here doing a preview for our Port Adelaide boys heading down to Tassie this weekend on Saturday, 1.40 p.m. Alfredton Standard Time, 2.10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, uh, local time, whatever it may be over there. Um, but yeah, it's um, a Saturday afternoon, early Saturday afternoon game for us. So get it out of the way early this weekend and hopefully go into the Saturday night feeling good um, with a, a good win, hopefully, on the cards. Coming up this weekend, I'll preview it quickly here. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really one of those games this weekend that we um, should be looking um, at nothing less than four points and a comfortable four points if we think we're back, back to some semblance of what we thought we could be at the start of the year before that rough start. So, uh, without further ado, we'll play a little bit of music to just get us pumped up. And I'm going a little bit different this week because it's a game that I couldn't, I, you couldn't, like find a, like you know one of those dramatic pump up songs. I'm like we fucking should be beating these. Um, unfortunately, uh, no disrespect, no, we should be beating them. So I've just gone with something a little bit different, a little bit um, fun, and I'll explain a little bit of the reasoning after I play it. Let's get into it. Batten? I don't know. It gets me going. It's a Ryan thing and bread and water from Mescalito. It's one of the, I think it's his first album. I, I love his love his work anyway. Um, if you're thinking the voice sounds familiar, maybe. Um, he's also Walker on Yellowstone for the Yellowstone fans out there. Um, a really, really fun character, um, obviously, in that show, which has just become a massive hit. Um, and certainly he's a good part of it and he uh, brings a lot of his music into that show. But um, I fucking love it. Um, Love his music, love this song. And I thought Bread and Water, um, we were living without Bread and Water at the start of this season, I think. <laughs> the way it started, the way we were rolling, um, well, the way we weren't rolling um, was just, we were playing fucking horrible footy, obviously. Um, living without Bread and Water, um, you know, out in the wilderness, nothing going on. But then the last three weeks, we've come back into it. We're playing some good footy. I've got some good, you know, after a comfortable win to open up the season and get the get the winning feeling back. We've had a couple of really tough, good wins against opposition that, you know, we're not exactly sure where they're actually going to fit at the end of the year. But at the time, St. Kilda are going for a six-game winning streak, I think. And then, you know, Western Bulldogs being last year's premier, uh, premiership contenders um, alongside Melbourne in the big game. Um, you know, a, a good, tough win in Adelaide over on Friday night as well. So suddenly, the feet are tapping. We're, um, we're jiving with some good... Good old uh, country, <laughs> country rock, um, and uh, t- f- tapping our feet, and um, you know, singing about when we weren't living, uh, we were living with that bread and water. But now it's feeling we're, we're getting a bit of a feed. We've got we've got a drink in us, and we're um, rejuvenated going into this game um, to hopefully look at our fourth win in a row, our fourth win for the season. 
and suddenly looking very close to being back to um, back to 500, as they say <laughs> in the US. Sports a little bit more back back to the, uh, closer to an even keel on the in the win loss column. Um, and as I said before, we got into um, tapping our feet away to some Bingham. Um, it was it's no disrespect to North Melbourne. Um, at least I'm not trying to. It's gonna it's gonna sound like disrespect, and it's hard not to in a way when you're going in and saying, "Oh, well, we should be." Should be smacking these motherfuckers around, but unfortunately, that's just the way it is at the moment. North Melbourne are in a, um, unfortunately a bad spot. They had a couple of, you know, they've had a win, and um, they had a valiant effort against Sydney a few weeks back. But beyond that, they've lost games by 50, um, 60 points, seventy-eight points, um, and it was a hundred and six-point win, I think. Before, I think it was a loss to um, the Doggies, I think maybe, um, or someone like before that, um, or maybe it was Brisbane. I might be thinking of last year they lost big to the Doggies, but anyway, they um had a big loss, um, and then they followed that up um, with that valiant effort against Sydney, which you kind of think, oh, maybe they had a bit of a response, um, had a bit of a spray, whatever, what have you, um, but then they've they've just fallen off again the last few weeks. Um, you know, Frio last week, a Frio team that would be knocked around. With COVID protocols and health and safety protocols, and they they went over to Freo and still put up a pretty lame effort, um, only kicking their second or third goal, you know, late in the and you know losing by you know twelve goals and uh, and a Freo team that um, on paper like actually average squad age was younger than the North Melbourne team as well, which just shows that you know you could have a lot of teams will be uh, beat North Melbourne around will be saying oh you know they're more experienced there's a lot more veterans in North Melbourne's young side but you can't say you literally couldn't use that that excuse with Frio so it's just a show does show just how uh, lax or how frustrating this rebuild since since being um, almost a you know they were prelim finalists back five years ago I think um, so you know it's uh, the fall can be quick but the rebuild can be long um, so yeah it's um unfortunate just North Melbourne are in a really really rough position while we're while we were a few weeks ago we knew that um there was a level that our team could get to that was is far beyond what North Melbourne probably realistically think they can get to this year as far as performance goes and um and that's where we're at right now and I look at this game um as a real opportunity both to have a comfortable win um keep building this momentum that we've had you know of suddenly finding um some forward line structure and um ideas there um, some ideas certainly for the, um, you know, Charlie Dixon, hopefully we'll see him and uh, he'll have a major impact in the second half of the year. Um, but we're still seeing some semblance of what it could be um, going forward without him because we've got us, you know, that that is in the near future at some point in the next few seasons um, as a future without Charlie Dixon, just age and everything. It's footy, it's life, it's what happens. Um, so we're seeing that. We're seeing, um, I, I've talked about my reviews the last past couple of weeks, just a lot more... Um, you know the 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 um, picking targets and all that kind of stuff. The the midfield work. You know Connor Rosie going there has been a revelation, and um, and Wines coming back and seemingly um, starting to find a bit more of that um, Brownlow form. Um, pre you know and you know the heart heart thing seems to be behind him. Boak is just a, a fine wine, getting better with age all the time. Um, in his what three hundred fifteenth game or sixteenth this week, and um, looking towards four hundred, I would say. Um, just going to be bullish about that until it's not the case because he's he's not slowing down at all. He's just looking fantastic. So, and so with that midfield um, starting to flow a little bit more, and we're getting um, and you know Kane Farrell's back in this week. We'll talk about the sides a little bit in a, in a moment, but there's so much that we're we're continually looking like we're actually developing in the last few weeks as far as game plan and finding finding ways through. We've coached ourselves out of, um, and that's a credit to. Um, like I've, I've criticised Ken Hinckley plenty over the over the start of the season and at different times, but I'll give the credit to the coaches when it, when it's due. And 
Um, we've coached ourselves through a real rough period um, and we seem to have started finding through that um, finding some solutions and some and some real and some real life in our season and within our squad and uh, and it seems to have uh, proved really um, you know Rosie going through midfield he's got a new lease of life you know a few weeks back when he was only getting 10 disposals or whatever in a game or that, that first game of the season thing maybe he had some of those lowers he had some, there was one game I reckon he only had fucking under 10 disposals Um you know, so Rosie's finding, it, and he looked lost in a little bit. It wasn't like he looked like he didn't care. It's just sometimes when a player is um, kind of lost in the wilderness a little bit as far as position goes, they, they, their game suffers from it because they don't actually have a defined role. But you've seen Rosie's um, his uh, like fleet of foot and his tenacity and, and his actual, you know, act, his the skill that we all knew he had. It just he just needs that defined role, and he's he flourished. And the same with Todd Marshall as well. Um, Jeremy Finlayson seems to be um, really starting to enjoy his footy here, and he's getting his, um, he's finding his role in that forward line, um, both using his pace and getting up the ground, and you know being able to um, take those marks with the kicks down the line out of de- defense and stuff like that. He's finding his role, and obviously Todd Marshall we've spoken about plenty and plenty have in the last few weeks about how much he has improved um, uh, and showing, and you know his his contest, uh, his marking, and then obviously his kicking has been just fantastic. So. So much we've been, we've found ourselves out of these tough, and you know, still no excuse to go on five, um, a couple of close losses, and then a couple of pretty pathetic losses as well. You know, there's no excuses for that, but then through that, we've had to ask some pretty tough questions, and and so far, we're actually starting to see that there's the playing group and the coaching group is prepared to find some answers, and um, we've got to, and I'll, you know, we'll continually criticise when it needs to be done, and we'll continue to praise when it's um, worth worthy of it as well, and. Um, yeah, the last three weeks have been really, really impressive. So um, even, you know, the Cairns win isn't impressive as far as aesthetically, but it's impressive to get the win in those conditions um, and, and, you know, survive and, and make and be able to k- get that last kick in that situation. So with all that in mind, we're going into the Kangaroos this week and after a c- tough couple of weeks, um, like I said, no disrespect to the Roos, but um, we should be looking at a, um, a comfortable win here. Um, they're missing a few of their big big players. We'll get into the teams in a second, but just... Uh, I'll get some sta- um, some. Uh, not that I always want to talk about gambling or anything on this podcast. I don't do it too often, but I just thought it's always good. It's always interesting to look at betting odds um, when it's such a when you when in your head you're trying to figure out what your what your line is. And I um, before I read these, I now I check the odds at five forty five tonight. I'm recording this about it's ten twenty past ten now, so it was a few hours ago. I just checked and noted them down and just thought I'd. Keep the keep these as as my um, odds at time of around teams releasing and whatnot, but um, it is interesting. So when I was trying to think of what my line would be in my head of like you know comfortable, I'm thinking we should be looking at a 45 point win. If we're anything below that, um, obviously mitigating circumstances if anything catastrophic happens in the game, like a bunch of injuries or whatever, and you just scrape over the line uh, for some odd reason. That's worst case scenario, but um, I mean, worst case scenario is we lose, but that's an absolute catastrophe, and I'm not even considering it. We should not be losing this game, um, and to, in my mind, we should be winning it comfortably, and that's why in my head I've just been thinking 45 p- points all week because as the bare minimum, anything below that, I start going, okay, why didn't we? Why didn't we beat this team by more? Um, a lot of other teams have shown in the past few weeks um, that they can, that there is a, a way. If they're good, if you're a good team, you can beat them pretty comfortably. Um, the one only outstanding result from that is um, Sydney had to had to get over them late, but then we've seen Sydney lose at home to Gold Coast recently, which um, you know maybe Gold Coast 
have some talent in that squad, but still it shows that Sydney also are in a little bit of a place of um, flux at the moment. So beyond that, the good teams the last few weeks have really, really stomped on uh, North Melbourne. And so in that, in that, that, with that in mind, I think 45 points is the bare minimum. So then I decided to have a look at sports bet and see what the betting odds were. So just um, the straight head-to-head is um, Porter playing a paying a dollar dollar eleven, um, and the Kangaroos six twenty-five for a win. So that's just some of the longest odds you'll see in AFL. I will get to. There is way longer odds um, this week, uh, which absolutely shocked me when I saw it. But also doesn't shock me when you think about it. But um, I'll get to that in a moment. Just as a fun side note, um, but, and then the line and uh, the line sports bet have is thirty-seven and a half. So. I'm a little bit above that, but that's uh, that's probably where it's at. Is you know it's, it's over six goals. It's you know sports bets setting the line at. Um, so that's pretty long odds for an AFL game as well. You know that's that's really the the odds makers are looking at that and going Porter, a pretty good team, and the Kangaroos are pretty terrible. And that's what we've got to consider. To, that's what we have to think too. Is like despite our start, we are a lot better team than what our record shows. Um, and we have shown that in the past few years. And despite you know the start being having showing showing up some issues. We are uh, just that much better team than um, North Melbourne, so that's why, why we should be looking at um, sports bet odds. At least a thirty-eight point win for me. I'm adding an extra goal and a bit to that. So, um, but yeah, that's that kind of shows you that the odds makers are in line with probably what a lot of us are thinking as well. Um, those other odds I saw, <laughs> by the way, um, scroll down. Uh, Melbourne are playing West Coast this week, of course. <laughs> Melbourne are playing a dollar one. You can't get better. You can't get lo- like lower odds than that. That is just how that is. That is the odds maker saying there is no chance um, that West Coast win. Essentially, West Coast paying seventeen dollars, which um, it actually, you know, it's um, there's always a chance technically on paper, but um, really there's not. And that was that was outstanding. I don't think I've ever seen um, an AFL games odds be more dis like a bigger disparity in odds than that. I and it's not like I check odds out every week. I'm a casual. Yeah, I'm learning to be honest. I don't think I've had even place to bet. Um, I may play some bets around the Super Bowl. I always do. Super Bowls are fun. Just I, I place bets on big events, and that's about it. So the Super Bowls were the last time I placed a bet. So I don't look too often, but I do have a look at the odds here and there just to kind of see, just with my teams, really, just to see what the odds makers are looking at. Um, but um, yeah, I couldn't believe those odds with the West Coast Melbourne game. That is outstanding. And the line in that one, I think, was 16.5. So <laughs> the line is 10 goals. Um, and with the odds that you know they're pretty much unbackable Melbourne favourites in that one, so that's um, and that's just how good they're going, and um, just how bad West Coast are going as well, fielding um half a uh, half amateur team essentially most weeks so far. Um, yeah, anyway, back to Port, back to Port in North Melbourne. Yeah, I expect a forty-five point win. I uh, or more. Um, I just can't see. Then that's that's what we should be looking at, and it's um good odds for a comfortable win. Um, we want the four points, most importantly, but we need to, having this rough start that we've had, we need to probably be looking at these kind of games going, this is a chance for a bit of percentage, and that could be that could count for a ladder position at some point later in the season. Hopefully not for just getting into the eight. Maybe it'll count for a home home final. Like maybe we can somehow find ourselves in fifth or something or sixth uh, to at least get a home final, those kind of things. And that's what, that's what, even at this point in the season, you're always looking at the four points first, but then um, when you've, Playing an opponent that, and look, the Kangaroos will be a bit sore. They've had a rough week in the media this week. Um, the Jason Horn Francis story about him pulling in a contract. He's eight weeks in, by the way. It's, it, there's something wrong with AFL rookie deals or whatever. When you can, uh, I know that you can sign resign. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe a player should just be able to go into their first year. And um, 
I don't know, play the year and then and then figure things out. I know some. I know we we sign up some players, um, extended their deals before they even started the year, um, and that's great. So it's I don't really know what the right way is, but it, it seems weird that Jason Warren Francis is eight games into his career, he's only drafted what seven months ago or whatever, and and um, they're already talking about oh the contract negotiations are on hold. It's like fuck, let the kid get through at least half a season, maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that 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 was out there. I don't know what actual truth or what it, I just saw the you know, all the media stuff out there, and then the stuff about David Noble having to apologise after giving the team a bit too hard of a spray, apparently. Um, so that's a thing as well. Um, so they've had a rough week in the media, and it's always these kind of things that sometimes sees the team try to try to come out and and play a bit harder and kind of prove prove the worth, I guess. And they're all you know pretty bullish and backing Noble Nobes' coach and. And obviously all the other things going on. Um, so, you know, that, that whether that is worth a couple of goals, I don't know. But we still, regardless of that, we have also had a rough start to the year and we're constantly being asked to prove things and stuff. So we've had the similar things this year. And so to me, that's really no excuse. Um, no, no matter what's going on in North Melbourne, we should be coming into this game and going, let's roll these guys and let's roll them comfortably. And, um, you know, four points at the very least. But, um like, a little bit of a percentage booster should be um, – it shouldn't be too much to actually ask as a fan. I always feel weird because I always feel like, you know, I don't want to be too disrespectful to the opposition, but this is just where we are at the moment as a Port fan. That's what I want and, and it's what we need to see. We do need to – it's part of the AFL season and how AFL seasons are built is if you're a good team, you need to get some big wins here and there if you want to build that percentage and that's what we should be, we should be looking at and we shouldn't have any shame in asking for that either. So – um, anyway, I'll take a quick break here and then we'll just look at the, how the teams are lining up. There's been a few changes um, in either team. So. Alrighty, so we'll have a look at um, North Melbourne first. Um, there was some, I, I had read earlier in the week that they, there was a chance that Aiden Core might miss, miss out in the back lines, but he's he's been like named. So it's probably good for them um, in trying to contain our forward line, our suddenly buzzing forward line, because um, uh, Ben Mackay is out. Um, he he's injured his knee in the game against Fremantle. Um, apparently not too serious, but he he wasn't going to get up for this week. So that is one big tool out um, that our um, forward line doesn't have to contend with. And Aiden Cause in there. So um, the uh, other ones missing uh, a couple of big ones actually too. Um, I mentioned Jason Horn Francis earlier. Um, he's missing him. He has had um, hamstring tightness this week apparently, so he has not been named. Uh, which is after a week that they've had it, probably, he probably would have preferred to just get out there and play some footy. Um, just with everything going on, you know, his, his name coming up in the media and all that stuff. Um, so he's out. Um, he's, you know, he's certainly, he's certainly um, a greenhorn as far as his AFL career goes, but he's certainly, he's certainly um, a pretty, pretty damn good player already. And, um, and, just brings a lot of energy and um, contest to the game. So he's, he's one that they w- will miss. Um, so, the other one's Hugh Greenwood. He hasn't hit the height and like hit the kind of form that he had at Gold Coast. Um, he's still just such a such an elite um, kind of kind of player, underrated, and um, certainly um, a veteran that they will sorely miss as well. So um, Jack Marnie's back in, um, as well as uh, Nick Larkey. Obviously, um, he's back in after a week uh, week out with suspension, so he's back into the forward line to give Zerhar a bit of help up there. Um, and Tom Powell is the other appearance, um, other one coming in as well. So. Um, a few changes there, but over, overall, you know, this is a team that's got a lot of players I like. I really like Cam Zerha, big fan of Taron Thomas, um, Jai Simpkin, you know, uh, Jack Zeebel's uh, just a vet. Um, you know, Nick Lark, he's a good young forward, and uh, he's one to 
one to look at for our defenders to contain a bit. But otherwise, it's just it's just um, it's just that there's there's not enough. Like you know, Zebul probably isn't. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too much into it because I'm not I'm not a North Melbourne fan, so I don't watch enough to actually know. But it just seems like there's just they're lacking. There's so much good young talent there. There's no one really taking over the reins and really leading, um, like kind of forging them through this rebuild period. And, you know, you just wonder what's going to happen with these guys um, going forward. Like um, you kind of Jed Anderson's and your, your Taron Thomas's and all those guys that are coming through. They've been around in it for a few years now and, you know, you're really expecting them hopefully to take a step at some point, but then they're going to be losing. You know, it's, it makes you wonder, like, why did you... Why, when you're trying to rebuild, do you, you, do you get rid of a guy like Ben McKay? Uh, ben McKay. <laughs> no, he's just injured. Um, ben Brown, and, you know, just they, they had kind of the kind of a good mix of vets. And, but, yeah, anyway, there's players that, there's dangerous players in that team. They're just, they're not, and this is the thing where it comes down to when you've got a good, you know, some half decent players in a team, you're not playing good footy and you're still just getting smacked around. It comes together in like coaching and then leadership and and it's leadership on field as well. It can't all be the coaching. You've still got to have guys kind of take the reins and and kind of lead for from example on the on the field. And they're just not they just don't, haven't quite got that mix right um, in the playing group and everything like that. And it, and it leads to those lackluster performances and and kind of running around with your head you know, like a chicken with the head cut off kind of stuff that you know there's no direction or anything like that. So. Um, but there's players that there's certainly dangerous there. Like I said, Zerha and Alaki back in the forward line there. Like, you know, Alaki's got 17 goals, I think, so far this year. Like, he's he's a dangerous forward and he's going to be a good test for um, our back line. Um, and I'll naturally progress in talking about our squad in a moment. But, you know, we um, was on radio this week. Um, I mentioned it in the review of the Western Bulldogs game. It's... Um, Jake Corns had kind of said and put the put the fire up the ass of um, Alira Lear and Tom Cleary a little bit and just saying like that, that performance in the back lines and trying to defend Aaron Norton and what they were doing down there was not um, up to up to snuff and and they expect a lot more out of those two blokes so this is kind of a, a game that pre- presents a similar similar you know they're going to have a couple of fours you know Nick Lark is a real big one down there, and then Zerhar as well. And Zerhar's just coming off, um, obviously, a, sh- a shit result for a team, but he's a mark of the year con- uh, contender. Um, so, you know, he's he's taken a bit of the pressure's taken off him with Larky back in, and they can kind of work together a little bit. And, you know, there's Ebel down there as well. And, um, you know, there's there's a team there that um, there's, there is some danger there to, uh, not to me, no danger of losing, but there's a dan- you know, danger there of a few goals and, you know, getting snuck out the back and whatever. Because we, we have kind of been a little bit soft at the, like letting those ones go, um, that come in deep and just not being able to clear them. And, and that, that is partly because, you know, Lear isn't quite, they haven't quite got the, the, you know, telepathy, the defensive telepathy or whatever you call it together, right? Where they, you know, last year there was just, they were just operating so, so effortlessly and um you know repelling attacks and and lily finding just finding the spot to drop into to um, intercept or spoil and and then clury and co just uh, mopping up the rest and it's just so it's a good it's a good opportunity for those guys to um have a bit of a you know they've they've had the the uh, mocker put um, up them this week from chad corns and the coaching staff um that there is more expected out of them even if they're getting the results there's still more expected out of them in what they do down on the defensive to hold that down um, because tougher games will come, and this is certainly a good good opportunity to, you know, because even if we, you know, it'd be a, a real win for the defensive guys if they could hold like the pairing of Larkin and Zerha just a couple like a couple of goals between them, and you know, not not let Zee will get off the leash either or anything like your your Stevensons or anything like that. Um, if they can, if you can kind of hold them all to having a pretty quiet day, then that's going to entirely hold the 
the kangaroos down pretty well, and um, and that, that and that'll be go a long way to helping us get to that percentage boosting win. Um, so, like I said, I don't. I um, I, I would hopefully see um, and a midfield. You know, Josh Simpkin, Terrence Thomas is one of my is a player that I really. Maybe it's just because I've <laughs> put a lot invested a lot in him in a keeper fantasy league as well. I actually not invested a lot in him. Just I just want him to pan out as a um, midfield forward player. <laughs> um, but um, you know, Josh Simpkin and Terrence Thomas are two pretty good operators, and um, you know they're they're good operators. They're they're great players, but they just Again, compared to our midfield, they're just not. They're not the. They're not going to. They don't have the talent to run with our guys. You know, through the middle is Davies Uniac. There's good players, Lynn Perez, Curtis Taylor. Like they're just. They're not. They're not. They're, they're not a midfield battery of Connor Rosie. You know, Connor Rosie's run and stuff. He's been revelationary the last few weeks. Travis spoke. Um, you know, with a vote total in last year's Brownlow that would have won it years ago. But he was only third or fourth behind our own, our actual Brownlee winner, Oli Wines, and a few others. So you know, there's just the, the levels in midfield and talent are just insanely different. They're just we're just at such different places. And then obviously we've got a you know the complementary guys like your Willem Drews and all that, um, and you you know our Amon's run down the wings and all that stuff. It's just that there's just a different level there. And if we're playing at the level that we've seen a little bit more over the past few weeks. Um, and playing to that level that we that has got us to a couple of prelim finals, and there is just no way this team can run with us at the moment. So, and that's just how it is. So, oh, we, we, without even taking a break, I'll just go into the port and then wrap this up because um, it's late and I'm tired. And um, <laughs> it's not. Why am I talking about the, us playing the kangaroos for half an hour? Um, but we um, have a couple of changes. Bono is out, of, obviously injured, um, which is unfortunate because he's been playing some pretty good footy and was really. Really, um, the, the key possession winner last last week, um, and was probably um, close to best on through the time until he got injured. So, um, and so that's unfortunate for Bonner, um, but hopefully he's only a few weeks out with that ankle, and then um, hopefully back in the um, fighting for his place in the squad again. Uh, Trent Dumont, who's been underrated in his effort and been really a really a nice little part of the team in the past few weeks as we've started to build a, run, a winning run. Does a lot of that grunt work and gets gets dirty and um, but you know gets the ball forward and really uses it quite well as well. Um, he's out with health and safety protocols, which is what um, put Kane Farrell out last week. But Kane Farrell's coming in from health and safety protocols, and Dumont out. So he's that's the change, the two changes there. Well, that's the one change. Farrell's the one in. The other one coming in uh, into the starting twenty-two this week is Lockie Jones, who was of course our medical sub last week, and now he comes into the starting twenty-two. So yeah, Jones and Farrell in. Um, Bonner and Dumont out. Um, for um, Arazio Fantasia has um, been named among the emergencies, which is um, awesome to see that he's back into the point of um, being considered um, for selection. Uh, you know, Fantasia, obviously Arazio, um, his body is the story of his body and um, injuries is well well told. Um, but Arazio at his best is still one of the most exciting and elite forwards in the AFL competition, and it's good to have him back um, pushing for selection. Uh, as far as the other emergencies and obviously our pick of um, medical subs, Taj Schofield, um, Ollie Lord and um, Marty Frederick are the emer- emergencies. So one of the medical subs will come from one of those. Haven't seen any whispers of who it might be. It's interesting that Fantasia's in the mix. I wonder if that's just to get him on the away trip, being that there's no sand for this week anyway. Uh, might as well bring him down, just be around the group. That kind of thing is kind of what I'm thinking they're doing with that. Just get him around the game day environment again. You know, and obviously, if anything, last minute injuries, and he he's obviously comes up for even more consideration, and or one of the other guys comes in. But I think it's important to get these guys um, 
especially Fantasia, who didn't have the benefit of, you know, at least Dixon got a game in the Mag- Magpies last week before the um, SN- SNFL buy this week for um, state competition. You know, he got that, so he's had a bit of game time. Before. Uh, Fantasia's had nothing, but so I don't think, I still don't think Fantasia's just going to come straight back into an AFL team as the, as the medical sub because I wouldn't want to have a player coming back from an injury as a medical sub, especially with Fantasia's um, Arazio's issues with injury at the times. Um, but I do like the idea of bringing him down, getting him around the game day situation, you know, the run-throughs, all that stuff, um, and being being a part of again. And then, of course, if there is a couple of this weird, you know, a couple of players catch, get COVID the night before or something, then certainly uh, put him up for consideration. Um, but I would expect maybe uh, Marty Frederick or I don't know what... Um, Ollie Lord's an interesting one to have as a medical sub because he's... You know, he's, he, you wouldn't be, you know, if you get a midfielder go down injured, you know, you know, uh, Frederick has proven to be a really good medical sub, both as being able to come forward and and run forward as well as, um, you know, he's, he can kind of um kind of play off the half back as well. So, I like uh, I like Martin Frederick and just his his adaptability to throw in there and play a, little, a few more different roles. So I, I would expect Frederick as the medical sub, but I've been wrong most of the times on these. So. Who the fuck knows? Um, otherwise, yeah, like I've talked about our team a fair bit while talking about um, talking about uh, the the kangaroos and what we're going to do there. But yeah, just expect us to be uh, far too good for them um, this weekend. Like I said forty five point win at least is what I'm looking for. Um, a good performance, um, a little bit more, a chance for Georgiades um, to kind of hopefully maybe get a bit more of the ball and um, kick a kick a bag. Um, you know, like even just three goals, two or something. Just get. Get on the right side of the ledger, you know. He kicked like zero goes four last week from a couple of pretty, some pretty good gettable opportunities. Um, he just needs to start kicking goals again. He's just it's one of those weird things where um, at the game last week I was like, he's you know around the ground he's doing all right. And like I said, my player of the day um, last week in that game was the first goal of the game, which Georgiades had a pretty good hand in and just using some of his. You know his flair and talent to keep the ball moving and and those little one percent kind of non non possession possessions. Um, he just his everything else is going alright. He just needs to needs to get the the kicking radar right again. Um, Zach Butters is another one that's um, just quietly just going about his business, but uh, hasn't quite. He's kind of in the unsure of his role because he's he's playing the high half forward kind of stuff, but um, wants to run through the middle full time. Kind of where Rosie was probably a few weeks ago, but Rosie's kind of really getting that trust to run through the midfield a bit more. So, you know, there's a few guys that hopefully um, in this kind of game can get a bit more run. And it's good to see Lockie Jones getting a start again. I'd really, um, we, we've all got, obviously, high hopes of Lockie. And, um, you know, obviously, it's injury that has, has provided this opportunity, but um, might as well take it and see where it, and run with it and see how he goes. And, of course, I'm really excited to see Kane Farrell back in after a short, <laughs> just that week off. He provides just such elite elite work by foot, um, good run and every, run and carry through the middle. That is just, um, yeah, this team's starting to really... Um, really get some um, some momentum going. Um, Dersma uh, keeping his place for the last couple of weeks. It's really good to hopefully see him start to build some form as well and start seeing um, the right kind of selection headaches with this team again, uh, like we did at the pointy end of last year where we had, um, after running through a fair few injuries, we started to have the opposite problem of like how do we pick a good side out of such a, a deep, deep roster. So... His open this week is another opportunity to kind of build on build on the season that we've suddenly got some life into again. Um, get a lot of guys playing playing into some form and give the coaches some real headaches. Um, Port, by f- um, I, I say minimum of forty five. I'm hoping. I'm um, I'm genuinely expecting maybe um, you know a good 
you know, 65-point win is probably around where I'm going to be um, very content. So I'll predict 65. We should be at least be winning by 45. But um, 65 is where I think we can be um, if we play the kind of footy we've seen over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, who knows? Once you get to 65, you could push it up a little bit more. But let's go 65-point win um, and get, um, you know, get us feeling all right for Saturday night. Let's go. Can the pair.